Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Uh, Folks, welcome once again to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Boy, we love to get together with you. And we've been doing this for many years, and I always enjoy it immensely. So does Alan Dempsey. He's our engineer. Uh, gets us on the air every weekend. And Andrew Herdliska is our producer. And uh, Andy has produced Scott Sauls here in this first uh, segment. He's the senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville. And the author of his new book. It's called Befriend. Uh, wonderful to talk to you, Scott. Thanks for joining me. Uh, thank you for having me, Pat. Appreciate it. What's uh, what's the story behind the book here? Well, uh, you know, the book is, um, it's really about two things. Uh, one is um, about our culture and the, the current sort of state of things in our culture. The subtitle of the book actually tells a lot of the story of what it's about. The subtitle is Create Belonging in an Age of Judgment, Isolation, and Fear. Mm. And so there are 21 chapters uh, exploring different uh, points of potential tension or disagreement, uh, you know, or, you know, sort of otherness or difference. Uh, from the prism of friendship, and you know the the idea is to do two things with the book. One is to uh, encourage more authentic relating between uh, people and uh, you know our na- their neighbors and and friends and people they go to church with if they go to church and and also people who don't believe as they do. Um, just the value of face-to-face interaction uh, and and moving toward other people rather than isolating and kind of hiding behind our screens. So that's one goal is to just, uh, I guess, call people back toward um, toward relationship. And then the other goal is is sort of in a secondary way to provide a thoughtful, uh, Christ-centered commentary on different uh, things that are being discussed uh, and and sometimes debated in our culture, you know, from politics to sexuality to race to, you know, immigration and refugees uh, to, you know, a lot of other different things. Um, so it's really a twofold purpose. Scott Sauls is our guest. His book is called Befriend. Tyndale is the publisher. Let's dive in, Scott. Chapter one is called A Case for befriending. Uh, fill, fill us in on that. Well, um, I guess uh, the way I would would begin answering that question about the first chapter is uh, that that it, it comes from a, an assumption that most of us are dealing with some level of lon- loneliness, um, and uh, you know, technology and social media have connected us in, in some ways more than we've ever been connected before, and yet um, there are studies that have come out. Uh, Forbes magazine is one that I interact with in particular uh, that indicate that when social media goes up, 
so does depression and a sense of loneliness and isolation um, because the relationships that we form online uh, tend not to be complete. We don't we don't see the full picture of of other people, and they don't see the full picture of us because we're we're constantly sort of editing uh, what our life is like uh, and and putting putting more of a pretty face on it and. And that sort of takes away honesty, which takes away intimacy, uh, and and it leaves us lonely. And so, so the first chapter is just really making a case based on sort of the common experience of loneliness to to move toward other people relationally and more in person and less behind a screen. And then, Scott, we move to this one: befriend the one in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Fill us in. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, really about um, sort of rediscovering our identity as people who are loved by God. Um, that uh, Jesus, you know, through His work on the cross and His resurrection, has um, established us as beloved sons and daughters of a Father in heaven who delights in us, who rejoices over us, who calls us by name, who will never forget us, who will never allow us to be separated from his grasp. And, um, you know, the the more amnesia we have about who we are because of Christ, the, the more dysfunctional we'll be in the way that we relate to the people around us. And, and the opposite of that is true, that the more... Uh, aware we are, uh, the more remembrance we have about uh, what Christ says about us and, and what Christ has accomplished for us, the more free we will be to allow ourselves to be known and to move toward others and to take all the risks that are involved with, with loving. Here's the, th- uh, here's the third topic, Scott. Befriend the other, you tell us. Uh, what does that mean? Well, the other really represents, um, you know, any kind of person that um, does not come from the same perspective or life experience or income bracket, uh, you know, or, you know, fill in the blank. Um, and and that, that chapter, I think, uh, sort of sets the stage for a lot of other chapters that, that talk about sort of reaching across the lines of difference and and realizing that we are much more enriched when we surround ourselves with people from varying perspectives and from varying experiences of of you know how they relate to God um, you know for instance and um, so uh, you know that could be cross generationally cross culturally cross ethnically. Um, cross economically, cross politically, uh, it, it's always a good thing and a healthy endeavor, even though it might be a little bit awkward sometimes to um, to engage people who come from different perspectives. So that's what that chapter is about. Now uh, I want you to move on to this topic: befriend prodigals and Pharisees. Uh, how do we do that? Well, I think the uh, the best picture that we've got of that is the father in Luke 15, uh, sort of the famous prodigal son story, you know, the, 
the son who runs away from home and then the the other son who stays home uh, and he sort of resembles the the grumpy uh grumpy church member i guess uh who's always complaining and not happy uh doesn't feel like he's getting enough attention doesn't doesn't feel like his his um wants or needs are being addressed as much as as he thinks they should be and you see the father responding to the the prodigal son and also to the the grumpy son who never left home in in similar ways he 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 woos them both he draws them both in he recognizes both of them as broken sons who need to be made aware again of how much they're loved by their father and of course we see this in the way that he lavishes his love on the prodigal and throws a party for him and invites the whole community but he also you know moves toward the grumpy son uh the more i guess legalistic or moralistic son moves toward him and says all i have is yours also uh and uh you know come on into the party the party is yours too and and so i i think really what what i'm trying to get across in that chapter is the importance of of just having a charitable heart toward any and every kind of person. I think some of us are more drawn to prodigals than we are toward Pharisees, and some of us are more drawn toward Pharisees than we are toward prodigals. And, you know, I I guess I'm advocating for uh, the recognition or the awareness that that every person has dignity and every person is fighting some kind of battle that leads them to behave in the ways that they do. Uh, And, um, you know, just to recognize that, that there are always insecurities and fears and weaknesses beneath whatever the dysfunctional exterior might be. Scott Sauls is our guest. We're talking about his book, Befriend. Uh, We've got another segment with Scott right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. I hope you think of Thompson Jewelers when you wish to make a jewelry purchase. You can't go wrong purchasing jewelry from us. However, we have another very important function. We're buying old gold, sterling silver, and platinum regardless of the condition, broken or not. Do you have old jewelry you no longer use and no one in your family wants it? Sell it to us. We're paying top dollar. Also, we will consider the value of most, including gems, because we are anxious to buy diamonds. Most diamonds of half carat and up bring high prices. We recently paid $15,000 for a two and three quarter carat diamond and thousands of dollars for a two carat diamond. It would be a shame if you left your jewelry in a drawer doing nothing for you. If you'd rather have money, see Thompson Jewelers in Orlando and St. Cloud. By the way, if you tell us you heard this on WTLN, we'll add a 10% to our offer for the gold and silver. FM and AM 950 WTLN, Addison's Walk, Saturday afternoons at 4. Welcome to Addison's Walk. This is Michael Phillips. I am the headmaster of Smith Prep, and I'm the host of Addison's Walk. We are right now in the process of introducing the subject of what is the church. few questions that are as important as this one. It's going to be a lively discussion. I'm excited about it. All new Saturday afternoons at 4, Addison's Walk, only on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Addison's Walk is a ministry of the Smith Prep Education Foundation. 
We dodged a bullet with Matthew, but it may have played havoc on your roof. Now is the time to get your roof fixed, and here is the deal. Half-price roof vouchers. No catch, no kidding. We have a limited number of half-price roof vouchers if your roof has a replacement value of over $10,000. Call 407-618-1760 to find out more. Call 407-618-1760 now to buy your half-price roof voucher if your roof has a replacement value of over $10,000. Half-price roof vouchers. No catch, no No kidding. Call 407-618-1760 now. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. My guest is Scott Sauls. He is the senior pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, we're talking about his new book, Befriend. Uh, We've gotten to this point, Scott. Befriend the... Wrecked and the Restless. Uh, who are those people? Uh, the Wrecked and the Restless is all of us. Um, you know, on one level or another, we're we're all damaged goods, and some of us recognize that about ourselves more than than others do. But um, in this chapter, I I, uh, I guess this is probably one of the more transparent chapters in the book where I talk about my own experience with anxiety and depression and how um, how certain people came around me and befriended me and, and walked with me through those seasons. And um, and and I think there's also a, a place in there where I, I share a, a story about how I was um, open with our congregation here in Nashville, Christ Presbyterian Church, uh, about my experience and uh, there was an older gentleman who came up to me after that service and said, "You know, today's the day that you became my pastor because you 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 demonstrated uh, and let us all know that you're you're one of us rather than you know being somebody who's above us who's you know somehow immune to the same struggles that we have." And so I think that you know that chapter just sort of I guess seeks to give leaders permission, especially to. Um, to be transparent, um, you know, appropriately transparent about our weaknesses uh, to the people that we lead, uh, to not pretend that we're perfect and that we have it all together, uh, but to live out the gospel, to share our weaknesses and also, you know, sort of openly demonstrate how the good news of Christ um, helps us in our weakness. Uh, you know, we see this in Paul, the Apostle Paul, too, as he talks about his thorn in the flesh and his struggle with coveting, uh, and and uh, we even see it in Christ who who you know, struggles in prayer with the Father at Gethsemane and asks his his disciples to watch and pray for him, asks the woman at the well to give him a drink because he's thirsty. And so I think it's it's just sort of, I guess, giving us all permission to take off the polished exteriors and 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 be be authentic about about our own struggles. Now we, now we move to this topic. Uh, befriend the shamed and ashamed uh t- talk to us about that one yeah that's uh that's just a i guess a chapter about um how all of us on one level or another are are walking around uh in life with with a sense that we're not complete that we're not what we should be um and um and sometimes that that feeling of shame is uh exacerbated and animated um, you know, when we engage 
with social media or we look at airbrushed pictures of, of, of other people or we think about how other people's lives supposedly are better than ours. And, and um, you know, so I guess this chapter is just uh, an attempt to call all of us back to the reality, again, that we're loved by God, that he's lifted our shame and you know, we're we're known by him and loved by him. We're we're exposed before him and not rejected by him. And and so, um, so we need to sort of internalize those realities and and then treat one another accordingly as well. Now let's move to this topic: uh, befriend the ones you can't control. Uh, what's uh, what's the meaning here? Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a chapter about um, I guess believing, uh, learning to believe that God is a much better author of other people's stories than we are, uh, and uh, it enables us to um, try to control people less and uh, and love them and pray for them more. Um, you know, one of the things I interact with here is. It's just the struggle of, of, of being a parent and having children and reaching the realization at some point along the way that, that um, you know, even the best parents uh, sometimes have kids who, who really end up struggling in life. Uh, you know, God is the perfect parent, for example, and, and, and we're a mess a lot of the time as his children. And sometimes the worst parents can um, end up having the best kids. And, and um, so I think, I think this chapter is really uh, just an encouragement to hold the people that we love loosely before God, uh, you know, and recognizing that, that, that he is the perfect author of everybody's story. Let's move to this topic. Befriend true friends and significant others. Yeah, so this, this chapter, that's chapter 8, it's, it's, um, it's about um, the nature of, of what true intimacy and what true relationship is. Um, uh, you know, and, and it talks about the importance of transparency and honesty, the importance of accountability, the importance of loyalty, of um, of dealing with conflict in healthy ways rather than uh, either shaming each other or um, distancing from each other. Uh, you know, when there's conflict, to move toward one another and and to value the uh, you know virtues like confessing our sins to one another, uh, where we receive healing, and also forgiving one another, bearing with one another, and those sorts of things. Now uh, we move on to the next topic: befriend sexual minorities. Uh, what what do you write here? What's uh, what are you telling us? Well, uh, I, I, right there, uh, you know, in, in in that chapter, chapter nine, um, uh, I guess I sort of make my case for a couple of things. One is uh, I make a case uh, scripturally for. Um, holding on to the historic um, Christian as well as Jewish and Muslim, for that matter, teaching on 
sexuality, that God has created sex uh, for a specific context uh, within marriage between one man and one woman. Um, so I make a case for that uh, scripturally, and then um, out of that, I also make a case for uh, treating those who do not embrace or do not live by the historic Christian ethic uh, of sexuality with grace and kindness rather than with scorn and judgment, and uh, talk a little bit in there about how you know we don't have any record of Christ being anything but gracious and kind um, with with people who have been caught in adultery or you know the Samaritan woman at the well who's with her fifth you know you know sort of live-in man. Um, you know, Christ is always so tender uh, with 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 you know. It's usually women in in you know in Christ's case, but but also Paul when he's talking about sexual immorality at Corinth, he says you know when when there's sexual 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 immorality inside the church, uh, you need to deal with it as an as an accountable community, and 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 not allow it to continue. But he says I'm not at all talking about people who are sexually uh, immoral outside the church. God is the judge of those outside the church, and, and, and so it's really a call to love and to move toward those who don't identify with Christianity um, and um, do so in love rather than with scorn and judgment. And uh, I talk a little bit about how you know the church has not been done a very good job of that in the last you know, 20, 25 years or so, and we're kind of paying the price for that. Uh, and um, yet it's never too late to return to sort of a biblical way of doing things. And the, the last thing I talk about is the importance of, of not um, not uh, acting uh, in our church communities or in our faith communities as if uh, being married was somehow a higher or superior calling in life than remaining single. Um, I, I think that especially in the West, especially in the United States and evangelical churches in particular, uh, we probably need to take marriage off of its pedestal. Um, you know, sort of, you know, of course, nurture and encourage healthy marriages according to Ephesians 5, but, but to also elevate the calling of singleness, uh, as, as the Apostle Paul does, who himself was a single man just like Jesus was. Um, and, and you know, rather than creating environments that that, that are so family centered that they uh, cause single people, widowed people, divorced people to feel uh, as if they're sort of second class church members. Um, so I, I think we can can do a lot more work there. Scott Stalls is with us. He's in Nashville. We're talking about his new book, Befriend. Uh, let's go to this topic, Scott. Befriend. Dysfunctional family members. What does that mean? Yeah. Well, uh, it means what it says uh, that that um, you know whether you're talking about a nuclear family or a church family, um, you know we, we, we we're all part of communities uh, that that have people in them. Sometimes we are those people. Um, but that have people in them that uh, who are kind of unique strugglers who, you know, by virtue of whatever their struggle is, require extra grace and um, uh, extra amounts of patience and 
uh, I guess, you know, what I do in that chapter is just sort of appeal to who Christ is and the way that Christ loves us and his unlimited patience toward us in our sort of high maintenance, um, in our high maintenance ways. Uh, and, um, you know, because Christ has been so patient with us, um, you know, he, he now gives us the privilege and the calling to exercise patience and kindness toward those who might be a, a bit more difficult to live our lives around. Now let's move to this topic, uh, befriend the children. Yeah, so Jesus said that, um, you know, if you want to inherit the kingdom of God, you've got to learn how to how to relate to God in the same way that little children uh, relate to grown-ups, uh, and that is from a position of need, dependence, uh, wonder, and, and um, you know, those sorts of things. And so I, I just, uh, I guess, make a case for all of us having younger people in our lives, not only, you know, as, you know, mentoring relationships where we as the older people mentor them, but to also recognize that, that children have some mentoring that, that we can benefit from uh, just by virtue of who they are, you know, their youthfulness, their energy, their, their optimism and hopefulness, um, and their, their dependence uh, teaches us something significant. I also talk in there some, I believe, about um, children with special needs, which is uh, kind of a big deal in the church that I pastor uh, here in Nashville. Um, and, and, uh, so I, I, I talk about that, uh, with a few anecdotes and stories as well. Now I want you to talk about befriend those grieving and dying, Scott. Yeah. So I'm the pastor of a church, uh, where, um, uh, you know, we're an intergenerational church and, you know, which means that we, we also have, uh, you know, a good number of elderly people uh, in our community. And, and um, in my church in particular, the church that I pastor, we, we have uh, just the privilege of, 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 of having older people in our community who have sort of transitioned, um, you know, who have died uh, in ways that are just beautiful and filled with faith and and courage and hopefulness and, and deep trust in, in the promises of the gospel and the promises of new heaven and the new earth and promises of ultimate healing that God will provide for his children. And so uh, I, I think, too, just that the, the, uh, the reality of grief when we're around it reminds us that so much of the Christian story, uh, you know, you look at the Psalms, you look at the life of Christ, you look at the apostles, most of whom died as martyrs, uh, you look at the New Testament church, you know, who were who were not a moral majority; they were an oppressed minority uh, in Rome, in ancient Rome. And you see how much lament um, plays a part in Christian discipleship. Scott Stalls has been our guest. Uh, we've got more after this. Stay with us uh, right here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. You're listening to the new ninety four point nine FM and. AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. 
Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call Select Quote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10 year, $500,000 policy for under $28 a month. I'm Select Quote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-240-1700. That's 1-800-240-1700. 1-800-240-1700. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 94.9 FM. FM and AM 950 WTLN. This Christmas season, Thompson Jewelers wants to remind you that you can turn your old gold jewelry into Christmas cash. Remember, WTLN listeners get 10% more for their gold only at Thompson Jewelers in Orlando and St. Cloud. The church in America is experiencing a famine of God's Word. Hear the Word of God spoken faithfully each weekday evening at 7 on Armored by Truth at the new 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Okay. Scott Stahls, our guest in that first half hour, talking about his book, Befriend. Uh, Debbie Lindell uh, joins us, and uh, with her husband, John, uh, they uh, serve at James River Church in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, her book is out with Revell Publishers. It's called She Believes. Uh, Debbie, wonderful to chat with you. How you doing? It is so good to be with you today. Thank you for having me. Uh, Tell me about She Believes, Embrace the Life You Were Created to Live. What what does that mean? Well, um, I have a ministry to women here in Springfield through the church, and one of the things that I have noticed over the years of being in the ministry is that girls really, they believe the Bible, but they haven't believed it for themselves. And so it's like they, they've heard the truth, but they haven't embraced it. And so my desire is for every girl, no matter what her age, to come to understand the truth of God's Word for her personally um, and to live it out, that it affects how she views her past. It affects how she lives life day to day, and then, of course, it affects her future. So I say all the time, when a girl believes God, it changes everything, and that's really what the book is about. Uh, you, you have uh, <laughs> put this book together, Debbie, with five sections. The first section is called Believing You Were Designed on Purpose. 
Uh, give us an overview on that topic. Well, um, there's a verse of Scripture in Ephesians, and it says, uh, For you are God's masterpiece, and you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And then, of course, we all, most of us, and most of your listeners probably know Psalms, the chapter 139, that um, you were knit together in your mother's womb on purpose and for a purpose by God. And so, you know, I think that's really a foundational um part of uh, Christian living to understand that God created you and me on purpose and that he, every aspect of our being, our, our body, our intellect, our gift set, our personality was uniquely um, knit together or fashioned by the God of the universe. And, you know, when personally, when I came to really not not just read that scripture, because I was raised in the ministry, uh, raised in the church, raised to um, love the Word of God, but I didn't really embrace some of the truths of God word, God's Word for myself, and it really, in, really inhibited uh, my ability to be all that God um, designed me to be because I questioned His creation of me. And so once I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to embrace this for myself. I'm going to embrace the truths of Psalms 139 and Ephesians 2.10 in particular for myself and, and believe what God has written in His Word about me. Once I did, it changed how I lead. It changed how I viewed my marriage, um, how I parented, and how, what I saw when I looked in the mirror. And I know there's a lot of uh, books out there regarding identity and, and believing in yourself, but in, in my opinion, it's really a faith journey more than anything. We cannot muster up enough personal um, view, right view within ourselves until we believe what God's Word says. And so that really is the, maybe the foundation of that first section, just believing God's Word and what He says about you personally and your design and I think it's not only a topic for girls, but men as well. I, I see, um, Don and I see in the ministry a lot of men that struggle with believing that God intentionally designed them on purpose and that He loves everything about them and has a plan for, and purpose for their life, just the way He created them to be. And so I'm passionate about that topic, and really that is why it's the first section of the book, because I think it's foundational to everything else. Uh, Debbie, With regards to somebody, someone's walk of faith. Uh, Debbie Lindell, Lind- is it Lindell or Lindell? It will will answer to either, but we um, we pronounce it Lindell. Well, Debbie Lindell is with us, <laughs> and her book is out. Uh, we've covered the first section, believing you were designed on purpose. Now, <clears throat> Debbie, let's go to the second section. Believing changes your heart, and you write about faith and prayer following. It's foolish not to be wise. Uh, fill us in on this second section. Yeah, and I I, I so believe this because, um, you know, girls struggle a lot with just um, attitudes about life and about, about their surroundings. Contentment, I think, is another area of life that women can struggle with. And there's a verse in Matthew, which 
really, I just so believe Scripture is what changes us. And so in the book, there's just a lot of Scripture that it hopefully is presented in a way that is um, easy to assimilate for any girl, no matter where she's at in her faith journey. But there's a verse in Matthew 5, 8, it says, You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. And so really when our hearts right with God and our attitudes are right regarding the people around us and what we're experiencing, it, it changes how we view things. And there again, it's a faith step. It's, we have to trust that no matter what we're uh, experiencing in life, um, it could be you're walking through you know, a day that has a lot of struggles in it. But if we trust and believe God that He cares about every detail of our lives, as another verse in Scripture says, then we can trust that He is with us in that situation. And if we're looking to Him in faith, it actually kind of um, changes our perspective with regards to that situation that we're dealing with. And so I, I just... I challenge myself daily because I, I don't think there's ever a day that we don't come up against some sort of challenge and some sort of issue or aggravation, um, whether it's as a mom with toddlers, you know, running around the house or or somebody that is a situation where you're taking care of an elderly parent or a work-related situation where your boss isn't just quite seeing things the way you see it and you're frustrated regarding the circumstances, if we look at it through the eyes of faith, whatever we're dealing with or walking through, it will just change just our attitude and our perspective and our view of that situation. And God can, you know, it, there's a verse um, as well in Ephesians that it's, it's um, when you believe God, it's not only understanding the truth of God's Word, it's, it's believing the truth, which I've said, I said earlier, but regarding difficult situations, when you believe God's in it, you don't just say it, but you believe it, it changes your view. And so that's, that's really the, the bottom line um, of what I want them to receive out of this section of the book, that, you know, your heart, out of the heart, you know, you're, it says in the Word that everything flows out of the heart. And so if your heart's right, um, everything will change in your surroundings. Uh, Debbie Lindell is with us. We're talking about her new book, She Believes. Uh, there are five sections. We've covered the first two. Uh, Debbie, <laughs> now we move to section three. And it says, Believing affects your mind and spirit. And you tell us you have an attitude. Peace is yeah, not always you know, quiet. Um, Treasures in the <laughs> darkness. Big girls do cry. <laughs> fill fill yeah, us in, Debbie. Well, you know, this section um, was birthed out of a really difficult season in my life. In fact, two weeks after I signed um, with Ravel Publishing, publisher to write the book, um, you know, I kind of laid out the chapters and you present your vision for the book, and they were they were thankfully and miraculously, you know, so excited about it. And we're, we're like, you know, we'd really like to, to work with you on this project. And so signed um, a contract with them. And two weeks um, after that, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Oh, my goodness. Um, and it was it was a, a huge surprise and not an unexpected um, um, just situation that I just wasn't, you know, really prepared for. 
as far as hearing the words. Now, thankfully, my faith in the Lord was strong, and when I did hear those words, I was like, okay, in my, I, had, I knew I had a choice, and the moment that the doctor said, you know, Debbie, we've got something we need to share with you, um, you have breast cancer, um, I remember in an instant feeling um, just I had two ways to look at it. I could look at it through the eyes of, of just doubt and fear, or I could look at it through the eyes of faith, knowing that the God who made me and created me and loved me is going to take care of me, no matter what I hear um, or is coming at me. And so it was like just a choice I made in that instant. I'm going to walk by faith in, through this situation and ended up um, in less than a week going uh, through surgery, having a double mastectomy. Mm. Um, and so this this section of the book um, kind of was flows out of that and actually was added to um, the manuscript. And so it's my heart through this section is just to really encourage women that um, no matter what they're walking through um, that is difficult, maybe it's, they would look at it as a fiery trial, as um, Peter puts it in the Bible. Um, but the Bible talks about how trials can be good and how God wants to use trials for our good. And so one of the chapters that I think you mentioned was um, the darkness chapter. And really, you know, it was a dark time. I could have, I could, I can say that, you know, and express it that way because it wasn't easy. I didn't, I was sick for a year and a half and for many months did not have the strength to even get out of bed. And and just what I had envisioned that I would have the surgery. And my first question to the doctor was, how long will the recovery be? And he said, you know, it depends on the, the, the person. But, you know, within two weeks, you should feel like going back to work, which I I love the ministry. I love to work. And I'm, I'm, I don't sit still well. <laughs> so when the journey didn't um, go as um, I had expected and I was in bed for a long time and it was very difficult, the, the darkness seemed to kind of close in around me. But God was so faithful. And through those months, He revealed things to me that I didn't expect. And one of the verses that became really just really precious to me was the verse that says there's treasures in the darkness. And in walking through those months, God just showed me that in spite of the dark times, He is always there and He's always there to speak to our hearts, to encourage us and to remind us of who He is. When at one point, when I was starting to feel better, my daughter came home one night and this, this, stories in the book, but she she ran into the house and I was just sitting, still pretty weak, and she said, Mom, I want you to see something, she said. She grabbed my arm and helped me up and pulled me out into the backyard, and she said, Mom, look up, look up, and it was pitch black outside. We had no lights on in the backyard, and I looked up, and as my eyes began to focus, the stars that night were just brilliant, and she said, Mom, look at all the stars. And I was in the middle of actually writing notes for that particular chapter. And and it was like, oh, yes, Lord, there are treasures in the darkness that will just 
if we'll just look up and keep our eyes focused on you. And that's what I would say to anybody listening today that's walking through a dark time. God has not left you. He is right beside you, and He wants to reveal Himself to you in beautiful ways as you look to Him. So that's kind of kind of the thrust of that that section of the book. And as you can tell, it's still really um, precious to me <laughs> what God God showed me through that that journey. My guest, <clears throat> and uh, she's a good one, Debbie Lindell. Uh, along with her husband, they pastor this mammoth church, uh, 14,000 members in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, we're talking about her new book, She Believes. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Section 4, uh, which is believing makes being together even better. Uh, you've got a friend in me making your connections home where you belong. Uh, I'm Pat Williams. This is the Power Hour, right here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Orlando Magazine's readers recently picked the three best jewelers in Central Florida. Thompson Jewelers was one of the three. I'm very proud of this distinction when you consider how many jewelers operate in our area. There are literally hundreds and hundreds. Why was Thompson Jewelers chosen? Friendlier service? Better selection? Better prices? Higher integrity? More convenient? Actually, the answer is all of the above. I urge you to visit a Thompson Jewelers store in Orlando or St. Cloud and see for yourself. We want you to come through our door as our customer, but leave as our friend. We truly beat the big chains hands down on price, quality, and service. In addition, on any purchase made through Christmas Eve, simply tell us you heard our ad on WTLN, and we'll take an additional 10% off the lowest price. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes, and attorney, Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Marilyn brought her famous holiday ham with the sight of wet coughing. Probably shouldn't eat it, but there goes your husband. Soon everyone's sniffling. It's the flu. But you're not going to get sick because you got your flu shot at Rite Aid, where they care about you and your health. So while they suffer through their sore throats, coughing, and aches, you'll teach your granddaughter to make your famous snickerdoodles. Mmm, it's not too late. Shoot yourself with a flu and pneumonia shot at Rite Aid. If you're over 65, the CDC recommends both. It's free with most insurance and no appointments necessary. Rite Aid. With us, it's personal. Flu vaccines available while supplies last. Age restrictions apply in some states. See pharmacy for details. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Uh, Debbie Lindell is our guest. Uh, we're talking about her new book, She Believes. And as advertised, Debbie, uh, we're at number four, section four, Believing Makes Being Together Even Better. Uh, fill us in, please. Well, um, I love um, sisterhood, and it's kind of become kind of a sad word in the church world, but I love it. Um, you know, just the whole idea of 
girls coming together to encourage one another, strengthen one another in the Lord, and and um, support each other, cheer one another on, and and so um, I just really love to encourage women to um, gather together, um, connect to one another, and use their connected lives to build the kingdom. And so at the beginning of this section, there's a verse in Ephesians 4, 4 that I used, and it says this, you were all, it's out in the message version, it says you were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together both inwardly and outwardly. And, you know, sadly, in um, the secular world, but not only that, even in the church world, we see a lot of disunity and discord with regards to girls connecting with one another. And so I do not believe it has to be that way. And so I am passionate about teaching women to use their lives to strengthen one another in the Lord. And then as, as they do that, together live out his purpose and plan for their lives because we're called scripturally to to be connected to one another through the church and and so it's it's just my heart to see that lived out and and you know when it is it it so shines Jesus brightly in the areas that God's positioned us in because girls just do not see um a committed love for one another in the world. It's, it's very, um, most of the time you see a lot of comparison and um, just struggle to build one another up. But what I have seen, thankfully, with regards to sisterhood in our world, when, they, when the girls use God's Word as a foundation and they choose to one another, love one another um, with a Christ-like love, um, it changes the environment of the world that they're in, whether that's the church or the workplace or um, students and doing school together. Um, it, it, it changes things, and it, it then represents Jesus to the world in a, in a much greater way. And so not only that their lives would connect for the purpose of building one another up, but that their, their lives would connect for the purpose of building the kingdom and advancing the kingdom. And so I, I really view sisterhood as an army, an army of believers that are out there um, just representing the kingdom and fighting for truth and fight, fighting um, to, to um, bring girls that don't know Jesus along in the journey with them. So that's kind of the foundation of that chapter. And I, I just... My desire is to use my life to, in every way, every day, um, draw girls around me to Jesus and represent Him well. And as we do that with one another and with the world, we're going to see the world change. We're going to see girls brought to Christ. Uh, Debbie Lindell is our guest. Uh, We're talking about her book, which is called She Believes. Uh, Fifth section, Debbie, Believing is for your future. Mm-hmm. And you tell us the dreams are for real. Rise up and shine. The sisterhood revolution is now. Uh, you've got to fill us in on this important fifth section, Deb. Well, um, you know, this section is pretty um, near and dear to me, too, especially with regards to my own personal journey. Um, you know, I told 
earlier in the program about how God really changed my life when I began to just believe that He could, first of all, that He created me in His image perfectly, knit me together just how He wanted me to be. Once I embraced that, um, it really changed um, how I viewed my future um, because I really began to believe that God wanted to use me personally in ways that I never imagined possible. And that Ephesians 3.20 verse, God can do anything you know more than you could ask, think, or imagine in your wildest dreams, it says in the message version. And, you know, that's true for every single girl. And girls can sometimes look at those that maybe they see on platform or that have a ministry, an expansive ministry, and say, well, those verses are true for them, but are they really true for me? Like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, plans to give you a future and a hope. They, they can think, well, that verse, is it really for me? And I would say to every single girl listening, yes, those verses are for you. God's will for you is to bless your future, to use you in ways that you could not dream possible. And about 15 years ago, I was I was petrified to lead. I was afraid of speaking, and um, I was it was just in that season where God was really speaking to my heart about um, believing His word for me. And He spoke to me in my devotions one day and said. Said Debbie, I, I've got something that you can't imagine possible. And it was, it wasn't a, it wasn't an audible voice. It was just a knowing in my spirit that was saying, "I'm going to take you on a journey that is going to put you in a position to speak for me on a platform." Now, platform ministry isn't the end all, but for me, that's what God was calling me to through the church, and I was petrified of it. And so the story's in the book. It's a long story. I can't go into all of it. But here's the deal. When you hear God speak to your heart, which He will, about things He wants to bless you with, use you for, um, position you in places to speak for Him, you know, here's the deal. It's true. When God speaks to you, He, it's, it's, he wants to lead you in and um, position you and bless you in ways that you cannot imagine possible. And so what we have to do is use the faith that we've been given. It says in God's Word, everybody's been given a measure of faith. And here's what I hear at times. I don't know if I have enough faith to believe that. Guess what? If God called you to it, He's given you enough faith to start taking steps towards what He's called you to do. It's using the faith that He's given you. It says in His Word, if you have faith as small as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And a lot of, a lot of us have mountains, and, mountains of insecurity, mountains of, well, our past issues could keep us from believing God for our future. Our fears can keep us from believing God for our future. Our, our insecurities, whatever it is, that is the mountain that you need to see move so that you can start trusting God and believing what He is saying about you. You can take that mustard seed of faith, that little bit of faith that you that you have, and you can say, "Mountain, be moved." But it's walking it out in faith. It's taking that first step, and so that's that's my desire. 
for every girl who reads this book that they would not only believe God has has created them purposely, on purpose, and for a purpose, and not only that they would believe God for their everyday life, believe Him for for um, that He can help them through the trials they're facing, believe believe them regarding the friendships and connections that He has for them, but also that they would believe that His future for them is filled with amazing things and that they would start living living it out one step at a time. Well, Debbie, it's been an absolute treat to talk to you. By the way, by the way, at the end of your book, Debbie, at the end of your book, there's a little note that says, this is not the end. And uh, this show is at the end, so you've got about 20 seconds to tell me what that little note (laughs) is. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, if I could, I would love to sit with every single girl that's listening to this broadcast today and look them in the eye and say, God loves you, baby girl. He cares so much about you. And um, I'd love to have coffee with them, but I can't. So it's through this book that I get to do it. And I would love for every girl to pick it up because it really is my heart for them. And and um, I think that they'll find that it feels like I'm just talking to them over a cup of coffee. And that's my greatest desire. Debbie Lindell has been our guest. We've got a wrap up right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Parents and grandparents, how is your child's math grade? If it isn't what it should be, then change it. At the Mathnasium at Hunt Club in Apopka, their proven math tutoring methods can help any student. Wait, it gets better. We have a limited number of half-price math tutoring vouchers. No catch? No kidding. Call 407-618-1760 to find out more. Call 407-618-1760 now to get your half-price math tutoring voucher. Call 407-618-1760. Now. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thank you, folks, so much for uh, plugging in here on the Saturday Power Hour. I'm your host, Pat Williams. We always enjoy when you're with us. Uh, Scott Sauls uh, was our first guest. He was talking about his book, Befriend. And then Debbie Lindell was with us. Um, Talking about She Believes. Uh, Great to have both of them. Uh, My latest book is out. It's called Humility. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's in bookstores now. uh, Amazon.com. Always a wonderful way to order books. And uh, I hope the book uh, really uh, is valuable to you. In the meantime, have a wonderful day in church tomorrow. And a great week ahead. We are enjoying uh, Florida weather at its best uh, right here in central Florida. So enjoy it. Have a good week ahead, and we'll uh, be with you next weekend. You're listening to the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN.